Radiodrome. Welcome to another Radiodrome. With me this week is actually Brad Jones. Yeah, I was only gone last week. I know, but Brian and I were making fun of you. And like like 18 times making the snob movie. Yeah, (laughs) there is that. Ooh, just a little little Dr. Pepper kickback there. Oh, Dr. Huh. Hey, speaking of Dr. Pepper, this has nothing to do with Dr. Pepper, but go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, and you won't get Dr. Pepper, but you will get 50% off of a single item. You will get free shipping in the United States. You will get three free DVDs, and you will even get a mystery gift, all for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. And then you can go out and use the money you saved to buy a Dr. Pepper. See, now, what if, now, it's entirely possible that the mystery gift could be a delicious can of Dr. Pepper. It could be. It is a mystery. <laughs> yeah, it is a mystery. <laughs> I'm not saying it is, but it Damn, could be. I was hoping for Mr. Pib. Ugh, you disgust <laughs> me, my man. Wait, are you one of those rare people that likes Dr. Pepper but doesn't like Mr. Pib? Uh, okay, I-, I hate Mr. Pib in the can. I'm okay. fine with it in a restaurant. So if, oh, okay. I, if I have Fountain, Mr. Pib, I can taste the difference. I, in the can, it just tastes like flat Dr. Pepper. In a restaurant... Maybe you were just drinking it flat. <laughs> m- maybe. I, maybe. I just... In a restaurant, I'm okay with Mr. Pib. As a can, no. It's got to yeah. be real Dr. Pepper. You know, I got I got used to... I, this is, I never thought I would ever say this, but I actually got used to drinking Diet Coke. I, I swear... Dude, for the... For, since I was born, like, and I like Coca-Cola, I do, I like Coca-Cola a lot, and I, I like Coke Zero just fine, but Dr. Pepper, I just always thought was, like, the devil's f***ing diarrhea, like, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I really couldn't stand it, and then when I switched to, when I switched to diet soda to lose all that weight, I would go some places where my only option was a Diet Coke, and I'm like, alright, I guess I'm freaking drinking Diet Coke, bizarre I, i've got a diet coke sitting with me right now like for some reason i just i don't know if i necessarily developed a taste for it because it's not like i really really like it but i can at least drink it now well it's it's something and, yeah and, and yes tonight's you... radio drum is about us drinking sodas <laughs> not really i i do want to say i picked up a couple of interesting vhs's the other day bunch yeah. of movies i either haven't seen in years or i've never seen that I wanted uh-huh. to ask you about. Have you okay. s- have you seen The Tunnel with Jane Seymour and Peter Weller? No, I haven't. I haven't seen The Tunnel. When a passionate obsession becomes a deadly affair. It's got mm. a copyright of 1987. You only mm. kill the ones you love. <laughs> I just figured Peter Weller and Jane Seymour in a thriller. I'm down for that. Yeah, sure, sure. What, what year is this? Is this 80s? 87. I got Bobby Kim in Kill Line. There are some lines you only cross once. <laughs> I, and I'm serious. I've never seen Bobby Kim before. You need to look up his picture online, people, especially from the Kill Line movie. He looks exactly like what Charles Bronson would look like if he were Asian. I'm on this right now. Bobby Kim, you say his name is? Bobby K-I-M, yes. He Bobby looks exactly, Kim. and it's from the movie Kill Line, he looks exactly like an Asian Charles Bronson. I got a bunch of... I got a bunch. Is he a young guy? No. Well, at least not in the movie. Not in this movie, which is from ninety one. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe the, there must be two Bobby Kims because there's a bunch of pictures of just like a really, really young guy. 
No, you this Kill is Line is the name of the movie. Kill Line, the legendary Taekwondo master named the fastest feat in the West by the New York Daily News. Oh my, that holy crap! That is Charles Bronson. He looks exactly like oh. an Asian. I thought it was Charles Bronson at first. I'm like, I don't see Bronson's name in this, and I'm not trying to be offensive, but the guy looks a little too Asian to be Bronson. But it's Bronson. You no, know, no, I'm looking at the picture right now. If I didn't know any, but it's given what. All right, the, there are two taglines on this poster. One of them is, this dude is hard to kill. And the other one is, prison name Bone Crusher Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Uh, oh, I got I to gotta find this movie. I got I to gotta see this thing. Well, I just picked it up for, it was three for a dollar at uh, for VHSs at a, at a used store. They're trying to get yeah. rid of them. So I picked up like 40 tapes for 10 bucks. Oh, right on. Cool. I got uh, Stunt Woman with Raquel Welch, which I've yeah. never seen. You ever see that one? No, I never saw Stunt Woman. That one, I'm not so sure. And then I picked up, I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid, Shadow Stevens and Priscilla Barnes in Tracks. Yeah, I remember Tracks. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. You could hear the sweet, sweet voice of Shadow Stevens every night on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. <laughs> Picked up uh, a, a bunch of public domain releases, like First Spaceship on Venus, The Terror, mm-hmm. Brain That Wouldn't Die. Oh, cool. Picked up Beyond Evil with, with John Saxon. Mm-hmm. The Keeper, some uh, some weird movie called The Keeper. I picked up yeah. the entire first season of La Femme Nikita on the Columbia House tapes. Oh, cool. Picked up a big box of Thunder Warrior 2. And now, oh, sweet. Now... I don't know if I should just jump into Thunder Warrior 2. I haven't seen Thunder Warrior 1. Will I be lost, Brad? I I don't know. You might be safe. They both pretty much have the same box cover. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I looked them up on IMDb. They basically have the same plot, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, We had those that... uh, We had all three of the Thunder Warrior movies at at our video store, and we had... um, It was in a giant clamshell. No, wait. It was a giant hard shell. I believe, and not like the video store cut the box and put it in a hard shell. No, 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 like like an actual like that. That's just what it came in. Is that what yours is, or is yours the big box? It, it, it's the big box clamshell. I mean, the kind where you could almost fit two tapes inside the box. It's so oversized. Oh, cool. It's one of those from Transworld International. I also have Jaguar Lives. That one about the. The like guy who's not quite Chuck Norris that we talked about before. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. I, I've I've got yeah. that front of Trans World tape too. And the boxes are just waste so much space, and the tape yeah, is just nicely centered in the in the middle there. Um, I got this at, at the last con, uh, the one in in Louisville. This is a, uh, it's a new big box that's the Camp Retro '80s collection. So it's in a big. Box. It says Lost Super 8 feature film, Retro 80s. It says five films on DVD. So there's DVDs. The basement? The, the, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five films on DVD, but it does have a VHS tape in it. Yeah, I haven't opened it yet, but it's the one that's got The Basement, Captives, Video Violence, Video Violence 2, and Cannibal Camp Out. I actually got that for free to review from Alternative Cinema. So I I got that a week before it came out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there was just some. I got I got a couple of big boxes. There there was a table that was selling all VHSs, and they had about six big boxes. And I noticed this on Friday, but they were 
they ranged from anywhere between like about ten and thirty bucks. So I didn't I didn't quite want to blow all my load like right then and there. So I was like, all right, well I'll wait a couple of days, and if there's a couple left, I'll go ahead and snatch those up. Yeah, like the next day, they were they they were they were pretty much gone. But I, I found a couple other big boxes. Uh, they they were just kind of random titles that were this table. But it was something that I was like really looking for and like really really wanted. I would have shelved it out like right then and there. Right. But but like given what some of them were, like I can I can wait like a couple of days and see if they're still there and see what my money situation is like. But I did find one for. Uh, five bucks at another table that I picked up and it was a big box cut VHS version of Anthropophagus. Okay, what's the cover look like on that one? Oh man, where... Well, I mean, you don't have to grab it if you don't remember. I just... I think I used to have that back when I lived with my parents when I was in high school. I might have had that because that title sounds familiar and I know I, I had, you know, Anthropophagus has how many different freaking titles? Yeah, it it uh i i think it's kind of a grayish kind of box i believe i'm i'm not exactly sure where it is right now things are a little cluttered here in the house i picked yeah so i i got that they, the dude was only selling it for like 5 bucks like it was a table that like they weren't it wasn't even a vhs specific table i think they were mostly selling shirts but they just happened to have a big box of grim reaper sitting there that had a 5 dollar sticker on it i'm like oh five, why not go. why not I stopped by the Synapse table and picked up a few stuff because I like buying stuff from them. Like, I got, like, the Blu-rays of Twins of Evil, Thou Shalt Not Kill Except. He he talked me into uh, The Image, which is a movie I used to have on DVD. He goes, he goes, go ahead, buy, he goes, buy The Image as well. I'll, I'll take it down half price. You can get it 50% off. Like, well, well, all right. I've seen the movie before. It's an all right movie. <laughs> Uh, I also picked up one I wanted to ask you about. I've never mm. seen this movie because I've never been a big Jean Claude fan. But they uh. had but they had a clamshell of Replicant with Jean Claude and Michael Rooker. Oh, Replicant's really good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Replicant's awesome. Van Damme plays a serial killer. Cause y- you'd think Michael Rooker would be the villain, wouldn't you? No, no. Like they got. It's it's a it's a dual Van Damme movie, and when you describe the plot, you're probably going to be like, "Well, that sounds bad." But no, it's really, really not. It's really good. Van Damme is a serial killer, and he's got kind of long, scraggly hair, and uh, wears like this long leather jacket and stuff like that. And he he plays a good bad guy, and Michael Rooker is a cop. And he he's the one who's after the serial killer. But there's this company that is doing experiments with DNA to try to clone to see if they could try to clone certain killers to see if they can maybe anticipate what their moves might be or to try to get some insight on them. So they clone this serial killer and the, and Michael Rooker is is essentially put in charge of taking care of this clone of a serial killer. But it is it's done like the the clone in the movie like Van Damme obviously he also cloned but he when he plays the clone I don't even think he he speaks like any lines in the movie because he plays it like something that's just been cloned they don't just clone him and he's okay he's Van Damme and he's ta- speaking per- and he's speaking perfectly and doing all of this you know, I, I don't think speaking like, perfectly is something you can ever say about a Van Damme mo- movie you know what I'm saying yes <laughs> um, 
and so uh so so yeah it's not it, it isn't like it isn't like that it isn't like you know like uh the sixth day or like multiplicity or something like that but it's they take this plot which is really really kind of outlandish and it did really well with it it was a good movie well i'll check that one out because it just i don't know michael rooker is what actually sold me on the tape and i yeah he's michael rooker is more is pretty much the star of the movie good because it's there was another one that I, I just picked up a couple of weeks ago that i saw when i was a kid saw it on hbo all the time do you remember eve of destruction the gregory hines movie yeah it yeah should i waste an hour and a half on that because i remember liking it but i remember liking a lot of movies that i've watched now as an adult and went oh what was i on oh why not you know i'd if if i was put in a situation where someone's like hey we got nothing else to do. You want to watch Eve of Destruction? I'd be like, yeah, sure, throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> and then I picked up, for whatever reason, they had one DVD at this at this used store that was in the sale. The Puppet Masters, the Donald Sutherland one. Oh, the Sutherland one, yeah. I was going to say, you could have a double feature of uh, Eve of Destruction and Jennifer 8. <laughs> I hated Jennifer 8. <laughs> okay, I'm not bitching about Andy Garcia, okay? Yeah, yeah. But Lance Henriksen was a far more interesting character. And I'm not just saying that as a Lance Henriksen fan. Wasn't yeah. his character far more interesting than Andy Garcia's character in that movie? Pretty much, yeah. So why was Andy Garcia the main character? He, he's, he is uh, he is very dreamy. I, I wanted more Lance Henriksen. Mm -hmm. And then I picked up yeah. a whole bunch of Mill Creek sets. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a bunch of those. I, I'm halfway through the Crater Lake Monster. And then the other the other movie on that is Land of the Minotaur with Peter Cushing and Donald Pleasance, another one of those Satanist subduct priest movies from the seventies. Oh, I love the seventies Satanist movies. I, that's why I'm looking forward to that one. I mean, yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen this one. You'll have to let me know how it is. How about Crater Lake Monster? I haven't seen that. I'm I'm sure you know. Honestly, I'm sure I own these movies, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I I I haven't seen them. Like when I like right after like my DVDs were stolen, like I remember a few different people gave me like a lot of those Mill Creek box sets around somewhere. I, I'm sure I probably do own those movies. Well, you'll get around to watching them one of these days. All right, we're, oh, yeah, we're over... yeah, I'm gonna get around to watching all 200 of those movies. Well, we're over 15 minutes into the show, so you want to actually get to the topic, or should we dick around for a little while more just to piss off the listeners? Yeah, well, whatever you want to do. <laughs> well, the topic <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about is. I was watching Highlander 2 was on cable the other day. And so I started thinking, just how bad did this franchise get? Because the source is just unwatchable. And then I started thinking, I, w I wanted to talk a little bit about franchises that started out with so much potential and mm -hmm. somehow managed to just piss it all away. Well, I mean, Highlander is... <laughs> That's a prime if, uh... example. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if your base for this topic is Highlander, you're pretty much starting out with the golden example right there. With Highlander, like, you know, at least at least Highlander 2, I mean, it's, yeah, it's awful. It's really bad. But if I'm with a group of friends or something, I, I can watch it. It's, it's a bad movie that's certainly, I mean, you could put it on and, and laugh and have a, and have a, good time with it because it's so bad but here here's my problem with highlander 2 
if it was not a Highlander movie, it wouldn't have been that bad of a flick. I mean, yes, it wouldn't have been a good movie, but if it were a standalone movie with that same script and, you know, just aliens from Zeist and whatnot, it wouldn't have been that bad. What makes it yeah, bad is it, the fact that it's a Highlander been, movie. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, it still wouldn't have been very good, but, like, it would have been at least on par with, uh, you know, some other direct-to-video Christopher Lambert movies, you know. And Highlander it, 2 also holds the distinction of having the only time I've ever seen a director's cut of a movie be worse than the theatrical version. See, here's the thing. I've I've never seen I've only seen the theatrical cut of of that. I I've never seen um I've never seen the Renegade version or uh or any or any of those other How many cuts of that are there? There's theatrical, the, Renegade, and is there more? There there's a TV cut and then there's an international cut which has got different scenes than all the others. So, really when you get down to it, there's four different versions of the movie officially. Okay, okay. And when are you talking about when you say the like director's cut is is worse are you talking about the Renegade The, the Renegade, then? right. Yeah, it, I actually thought that was a worse movie in every regard. That I actually How, kind um, of could... I mean, I I haven't seen don't they say like instead of Zeiss they say like a long time ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah, except it actually somehow makes the dialogue more clunky and the characters actually more fake. You know, somehow it actually made the flaws more glaring than if they just left it alone. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I sort of agree with what Spoonie said in that, which is, I mean, you can make a, you can certainly make a director's cut of something and change stuff, and it'll look fine. It, you know, in some cases, you know, that's happened where it's, it's been a better movie, where it's legitimately been a better movie. With Highlander Two, though, with that, even when they say like a long time ago and whatever, you are. And admittedly, I haven't sat down and really watched Renegade Cut, but I did see, you know, the part where it says a long time ago. And you would kind of sit there and be like, I know it's telling me this, but I know that this is supposed to be Zeist. Well, and you also, even if you see that version first, you go, a long time ago, and they're still meeting at a crashed spaceship. Um, Wait a minute. No, that makes no yeah. sense. At least the you know the guy who who directed it you know who Russell Mulche, yeah 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 because uh, I I think I read somewhere where like when they had the premiere for the theatrical version like he walked out after fifteen minutes he didn't even um, want to go he was only he was contractually obligated to attend and after fifteen yeah. minutes he told one of the producers then then uh, sick your lawyers on me I'm not sitting through this yeah you know so i i you know i I can't say I blame him for wanting to to make another cut of the movie to to make a renegade cut director's cut, whatever you want to call it if if I was put in a situation like that where i let's say I directed something that somebody else you know kind of took a hatchet to or something like that i I would certainly want to try to change things well and the, i i do give the Highlander franchise one bit of bit of props highlander 3 at least tried yeah. to be a better movie uh -huh. I, I think it failed but you could see that they were trying to say we're not only going to do make, make a better movie than two and knock two out of continuity but we're also going to try and get this franchise back on track but yeah. in, but they accidentally still made it worse 
worse than two, or no, just simply worse? Just worse that they did not get it. They did not put it back on track. And the TV sure. series was out at that point, and the TV series ended up being the highest point after the first movie. And then Highlander yeah. Endgame was just horrendous. Well, at least at least I could have some fun with the Bruce Payne character. I'll give that to Highlander Endgame because Bruce Payne can be pretty damn entertaining. Yeah, Highlander the Source didn't even have Bruce Payne. Highlander the Source Screw was through that. Okay, I I absolutely agree with Spoonie's review of Highlander the Source. Highlander the Source is the producers of the Highlander franchise going. Let's take everything iconic we can about this franchise and just piss on it because that's the best way to go out. I remember when the Highlander the Source came out. I was working at a at a video store at the time, and there was a guy there who kept coming in every day for a few days before that movie hit. As have you guys got Highlander the Source yet? No, not yet, man. It comes back in the next day. Yeah, Highlander the Source yet? Like, no, man, no. The, the new releases come out. They come out tomorrow. So he comes in when when it comes. Out, he's like, got Highlander the Source. I'm like. Yeah, I believe it's sitting there on the shelf. We only had one copy of it. <laughs> well, why didn't he just watch it on Sci-Fi? It premiered on Sci-Fi before it came on DVD. I have no idea. That was that was my first of every when we when when I saw that that was coming out that particular month on on DVD. That was the first I even knew that they were making it. But I didn't watch the Highlander series. I I've seen the first one a bunch of times. I've seen the second one a couple of times. The third one I only saw once, Endgame I only saw, I don't even know if I I saw the whole thing. I think I saw like maybe three-fourths of it. I saw most of it, but I, I haven't seen like everything regarding the series next to like you or, or Noah. What about, what, what about some other uh, series though where it kind of went downhill after the first one? Well, it, it doesn't even have to necessarily be after the first one. It can just be you started to see a progression because I know that I know the series wasn't very good overall, but like the witchcraft series, I kind of liked yeah. the first two or three movies, uh-huh. and then after about part four, they just kind of said we're not even trying anymore. Yeah, though I couldn't attest to those. I I I think I've only seen the first one, and that was years ago. Or or even like RoboCop. RoboCop, great. RoboCop 2, good. RoboCop 3, ugh. RoboCop the Way TV series, bad. oh. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 RoboCop 1, classic. I even love the second one, but 3 is freaking unwatchable. Right, um, so, so that's and why the I... series, I saw bits of the series here and there. I, I, I've never seen a whole episode of the series. Well, you know what a prime example would be, and Lupo would love this, is The Howling. Yeah. First yeah. film is great. The yeah. second film is great, but not in the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the third film, they at least tried something different, and I give them a little bit of credit for that. After that, it goes back into that, you weren't even really trying, are you? Again, uh-huh. category. <laughs> How about the Matrix series? I've only seen the first two. I didn't even, I hated the second one so much, I didn't even give the third one, which, is that Revolutions, the third one? Reve- revelations? Revolutions? Revolution. Um, I'm just going to call it the third Matrix one. Matrix Revolutions, yeah. Okay, I didn't even see the third one because I hated the second one so bad. Dude, if you hate the second one, you would you would set fire to the third one. Because uh, the second one, I like I like the first one just fine. I, I haven't seen it in however many years, but I like the first one just fine. You know, I saw it 
like everyone my age. I saw it a few times in the theater. And, you know, everyone's pumped when the second one comes out. And the second one, I can't necessarily, I can't say I liked it. I wasn't as mad at it as some people were. There there were some parts of the second one I, I liked. It was just surrounded by a bunch of BS and tedium. Didn't it turn um, out to be like George Carlin was controlling the whole thing or something? Dude in the white dude, it was kind of like that guy from the Hell episode of The Twilight Zone. That part I actually kind of liked, where he walks in there and there's like Colonel Sanders sitting there, like he's from Fantasy Island and he's got the TV monitors up all around him. I actually kind of liked that part. The third one, though, was so bad it was almost self-parody. It was like watching, it was like they brought in Shyamalan to write the third part of the movie. Like, the dialogue was that clunky and that, it just seemed like you were watching a Matrix parody. It was so, so bad. And then, um, what about the Halloween movies? Now, you and I have discussed these extensively, but yeah. no one can deny that after Part 4, the massive decline in quality. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, like a lot of slasher movies from back then, though, I can still, like, even ones like Halloween I've or and I'm talking, like, just mainly stuff from the 80s not and early 90s, not stuff from the mid to late, you know, post-scream years. Right. You know, at least something like Halloween 5, I, I can still watch it. I can still put it on in the background. Even, like, you know, if there's a Friday the 13th movie that I didn't necessarily care much for, or, like, an Elm Street movie I didn't care much for, you know, if I'm doing something at the computer or something, I can have it on. I can have it on in the background and stuff like that, because... I just tended to, even when one kind of went pretty south, I tended to, to at least tolerate it a little more than I did once we got into the post-scream years of bad slasher movies. What about something like the Superman movies? And I'm talking, let's leave uh, Superman Returns out of it. I'm talking the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Yeah, I mean, like, even 3 and 4 had parts about them that I liked. Richard Pryor uh, was the only thing in 3 that was worth it to me. I liked Evil Superman in 3, like, when he kept fixing and, and, and unfixing the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I liked that. I liked, I liked all the Evil Superman stuff. I liked uh, Annette O'Toole. I liked Robert Vaughn. And, and yeah, Richard Pryor was fun. Uh, so th there are parts of, there are aspects of three that I like. And then with four, I liked Nuclear Man. <laughs> I did. I liked Nuclear Man. I was like, wow, it's like Superman's really kind of met his match this time. Yeah, except the guy that if you cover him in shadow, he falls apart. No, the yeah, sun, yeah, my power. Yeah, you just got to stay out of the shadows is all. You know, everyone has their... Uh, you know, everyone has their, for lack of a better word, kryptonite. <laughs> Except um, if you make kryptonite out of tobacco. Yeah, then yeah. Then it just turns yeah. you evil. So, I mean, yeah, three and four aren't very good. I mean, especially when you care, compare them to the first two, which I, I like a lot. But there are at least qualities of them I, that I thought were fine. What about, because uh, I was trying to think earlier, ones where I liked, where I liked at least the first one, and then after that, well, like, and I was like, well, yeah, the Jurassic Park series. I've never uh, seen any of the sequels, so I don't know you how... Never, no, you I never, never did? Saw, never saw any of the sequels. Two is just boring. And three... Three was better than two. 
it was mo- much more of a B movie and less up its own ass. So th- three was a b- bit more entertaining than two, but it it still wasn't as good as the first one. Smokey and the Bandit. That's a series. Love the first one. Did sequels. Now I don't know if you know this, Brad, but did you know that there were TV movie sequels to the Smokey and the Bandit movies after Part Three? TV. I I knew that there was like a subgenre of like Smokey exploitation movies. No, these are actual Smokey and the Bandit slash subtitle that were that were just TV movies that had really? no Burt Reynolds or Jackie Gleason in them. I just found out about them when I was doing an IMDb search once, and I'm like. Wait a minute, there's real Smokey and the Bandit movies I've never seen? I didn't know that they did any past three in any way, in any way, shape, or form. No, I, I, I did not know that. Me either. Um, I'm going to have to look for him on Cinemageddon now. Yeah, he, ni- 1994, there's a series of four TV movies. Uh-huh, see, I'm not, so, audience, I'm not lying. And they're still directed, they're still directed by Hal Needham. Mm-hmm. So they're actual oh. in canon canonical Smokey and the Bandit movies without Bert or Jackie. Yeah, starring a character named Bandit. There you got they're all called Bandit, just Bandit. Bandit goes country. Ban- Bandit Bandit Bandit. That's the title of one of them. The name <laughs> of the movie is Bandit and the subtitle is Bandit Bandit. <laughs> So, That's um, hilarious. Thank you for looking that up, Brad. Otherwise, people would have thought I was bullshitting you. Richard Belzer is in this one. You got Amy <laughs> Dolan's in here. John, of course, of course, John Schneider is in this. Well, because he he had run out of sweet uh, Dukes Brian, of Hazard money. Yeah, Brian Bloom is looks to be playing Bandit in all of these. I just remember. Okay, I don't care what else he's done. I'll always remember Brian Bloom going down on Christopher Maloney and then having his neck broke after he swallows a load on Oz. Yeah, That's yeah, always yeah. going to be the way I remember Brian Bloom. Sorry. Um, they got this one here that's got Kathy Ireland, Tony. You got Tony Curtis playing a character named Lucky Bergstrom. <laughs> uh, Joe Cortez is in this. Brian Krause, Beauty and the Bandit. Bandit Silver Angel. With Scott Bloom, Tracy. Oh, Tracy Lords is in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Donald. Uh, Donald O'Connor. Donald singing in the rain. O'Connor is in this as Uncle Cyrus. So yeah, I'm, we're gonna have to look those up one of these yeah. days, and we'll have to do a Smokey and the Bandit full retrospective after we've seen all the TV movies. Oh my god! Like I knew about the. Uh, oh, here I think I. I think I found some like still shots of this. I know about like the uh the Smokey the Smokey and the Bandit ripoffs like the Smokey exploitation movies. Oh yeah. Like uh you know Smokey bites the dust. Uh Roger Corman did a whole bunch of those, yeah. Yeah, Roger Corman did that one. Uh there's one called the uh, Smokey and the Judge, Smokey and the Good Time Outlaws. But 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 these TV movies are canonical. That's the creepy part. But see, the series I was thinking of even more than Highlander was the Alien franchise. How after two, oh, yeah, they just could not come up with a good idea that worked, could they? No, like like three's not very good. Uh, I mean, there are parts of there, you know, like I I can point to some parts of three that you know I thought were okay. 
I liked three better than I liked four. Four lost me when they killed off Michael Wincott. Right, we talked about that a few weeks ago. But yeah, I guess the overall question I want to ask you is, what happens? How does a franchise, and obviously I know there's different directors, different writers, you know, different studio heads that have different dictates, yeah. but in general, how does a franchise get so off the rails like the Alien franchise or like the Highlander franchise when you go, it started out so good? Maybe, you know, uh, in some cases you run into huge studio interference. In some cases you run into a situation, well, hey, we can just make uh, another part of this franchise and do whatever we want with it and, you know, slap the title on there will still go get so you know you run into situations where just not enough care and thought is put into it as opposed to you know some of the earlier sequels that that did that did have heart to them that did have some level of ambitiousness to it uh in a good way so i i think really that's kind of what happens you know it, it becomes it becomes a, a franchise it becomes we can really do what the hell we want right here. We'll just we we play it we play it safe. Who cares what the end product is? We slap the title on there. Hey, people will still go see it. And see, sometimes it's the exact opposite, especially with the Alien franchise. They wanted to do something so different with Alien Three. Now, yeah. I've read about six or seven of the rejected Alien Three scripts, full yeah. scripts, not just you know like a plot synopsis. Were any they of them good? A few. Uh, David yeah. David Tui's script basically became Pitch Black. Oh, okay. okay. Which wasn't bad. William Gibson's script was interesting, and it didn't even have Ripley in it. She gets hit with a flamethrower and is in cryostasis, and it was a Hicks and Newt story all the, all the throughout the whole movie. Okay. But then you had just ridiculous ones like Eric Red's script, where yeah. where the, the face huggers are getting on chickens. And you've got alien chicken hybrids, and I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. At the oh, end, wow. they actually infect an entire planet, and the planet becomes an alien. And you just uh -huh. go, what the fuck is wrong uh -huh. with you to think a studio was going to make this? Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe it was one of those things where, like, he knew that it wasn't going to get accepted and just thought, hey... I know I'm rejected for this. I'm going to make the most batshit crazy freaking alien sequel that I could think of. There was another one where an egg or a ship it was on or something gets thrown into a time warp and lands in 1950s Kansas. So you've got an alien running around in 1950s Hicksville. And what, script, what script was it going to be where there was the teaser trailer that showed the alien coming to Earth? That was that was actually no that wasn't William Gibson's because theirs took place on a space station. Sorry, a space mall. William yeah. Gibson's took place in. That's not one I've read. I haven't read one where they actually crash on it, unless it's the time travel one that I just told you about. Unless it's the 1950s yeah. one. But or or maybe they were going to actually make the comic book because the very first six issue comic book series that came out after Aliens. Had mm -hmm. the aliens on Earth, and by the way, yeah. that that six six issue miniseries by Mark Verheiden, amazing! It was phenomenal, and they uh, just for whatever reason said, "Nah, we don't like this." Well, come on, they brought the aliens to Earth in uh, the Alien versus Predator movies, which was also stupid. 
Yeah. <laughs> Again, they should have just stuck with the damn comic. Now, I haven't yeah, read... Yeah. Actually, Aliens vs. the Predator went down in history as having the most rejected scripts ever made for a movie. Too that had something like 30 completed one. scripts for that over the, its like 15-year development process that were unmade. I've never read any of the AVP scripts, so I don't know if any of those were better or worse than what we actually got. But I've read the yeah. Alien 3 ones. Wasn't there about that many scripts for Freddy vs. Jason? Probably at least double digits, at least double digits yeah. on Freddy versus Jason. And some mm. of the some of the plots, some of the ideas of how they got Freddy and Jason together, I actually kind of liked a lot better than the way they did it in the final mo- movie. Yeah, because in the final movie, I remember kind of watching it and just being like, well, the, some of the fight scenes are pretty good in this, but you seriously can't convince me that this was the best script that they found in the de- in the decade plus that this was in pre-production well have you have you heard some of the other ideas of how they were going to get them together and link i them? have but you'll i have but you'll have to remind me there was one where freddy krueger or sorry fred krueger was a janitor at camp crystal lake and he molested jason and when jason <laughs> and when jason was going to tell he threw him out in the lake and that's why jason drowned i thought i think that all I right that that's that's kind of interesting though you, you, I know you say that, but let's say for the sake of argument that they did do that. I think you've been pissed off by that. Maybe, <laughs> uh, but just just reading about it, I'm like, at least it's 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 better than what they went with. Reading it, yeah, reading it, it makes it makes it for a funny what if. <laughs> uh, the, the, there was another there was another one that had Satanists in it, where Satanists were trying to 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 bring about. They were trying to bring Freddy into the real world, and they accidentally brought Jason, so that they had to bring Freddy in to try and stop Jason. So Freddy was kind of the good guy in the, in this one version. My pro- my biggest problems with Freddy versus Jason was the stuff like I how do I even put this? Uh, like well, okay, when they make him afraid of water, like changing like characteristics of 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 some of the characters in this, like making Jason suddenly afraid of water. I was like, how many people, how many people have I seen this kill in water the past, however many freaking years? Yeah. And he's been killed in water. How many fucking year times too? Yeah. Yeah. And- so that, that kind of drove, cause I'm a big Jason guy and that, that kind of drove me nuts. And, and also since I am a big Jason guy, I, I, I really can't forgive, you know, Kane Hodder not being in that movie. One of my biggest nitpicks about the thing was, wow, who knew Springwood and Crystal Lake were so close together, considering that they've never mentioned the events of the other films before. You'd think, like, the Springwood police, like John Saxon, might have mentioned the hundreds of bodies in the neighboring town, now that, huh? Now, that's that's a nitpick. That's, there is no way you could do a Freddy versus Jason and not nitpick that. There's no way. Because they, they make it to where they take place in the same universe. So And plus, why would they mention them in the other movies? In the other movies, they didn't know it was going to eventually be a Freddy versus Jason movie. And you can't, you can't do a Freddy versus Jason movie without that nitpick. That's just a necessary... That's a very necessary thing. That's why I preface that with it's one of my favorite nitpicks about it. I I, I know I'm nitpicking that one. 
Uh-huh. It's just one I like to throw in the face of these people. Yeah, but it's not their fault. It's not their fault that the previous movies they had nothing to do with didn't reference stuff from other movies that they probably didn't intend on bringing together. That's like getting mad at a Jason Bourne movie for not mentioning James Bond. (laughs) (laughs) So what I think it comes down to is when these franchises, especially when they start to lose steam, if they were a 70s or an 80s franchise, when they start going direct to video, Part of it, I think, is budget constraints, because let's face it, when you're doing like a Children of the Corn sequel, you can't really do anything original when you've got half the budget of the previous movie, can you? You basically have to do the same movie, don't you? And the Children of the Corn, like, I haven't, damn, I think I've only seen the first one. I've seen the first, which one's in the city? Is that the third one? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. All right, to the audience, the last one I saw was the one where they actually are, are in an urban environment. I think it's the third one, so I think I've seen the first three. And I, I've got all the others, but I don't think I've ever watched them, and I'd be lying if I said I have any intention to, Brad. <laughs> They're did, just sitting yeah, on my yeah. shelf, really. Did you uh, did you think uh, the Leprechaun series was wasted potential? <laughs> no, that had no potential to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> I don't know. The first one's kind of funny. I kind of like the throwing shoes thing. Yeah, like I like the part where he eats Lucky Charm, spits it out. I like the part where he he killed the guy with that uh, that pogo stick. All right, that that was kind of original. Oh, the Jaws franchise is prime example. Okay, yeah, they just kept getting more and more ridiculous to the point where if you saw the movies out of order. You'd, if you saw Jaws the Revenge first, you'd yeah. never believe that this used to be a good franchise in the first film. I the, Jaws the Revenge is just the one is the one that I just flat out don't like because uh, I like the second one all right. Second um, one's not that bad. It's a more of a retread. The third one, yeah. I again I give them a little bit of credit for attempting something different, and it wasn't that bad of a script so mm-hmm. much as the effects and the budget could not do what they were trying to do. Yeah, um, which I think kind of added a little to how entertaining the movie comes across. Because how bad the, the 3D one, is? Yeah, yeah. And and when you, when you see it in 3D, the 3D is, is fun in a, in a bad 3D kind of way. So there was... The third one, as a bad movie, as a bad shark flick, the third one is fun, you know, as an 80s 3D movie. It's got a bunch of stuff flying out at the camera, you know. They're throwing stuff left left and right in that thing. The 3D is it's kind of cheap looking, but Oh, you're just kinda, prejudiced that, because Manimal's in it and he gets eaten. No, because the first time I saw that movie, I hadn't seen Manimal. I saw Jaws 3D the first time when I was a little kid. I didn't see Manimal until I was probably teenager well actually now that i think about it wasn't manimal 84 and jaws 3d was 83 so he had he he wasn't even no 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 no, no, no. uh they're both i believe same year manimal was uh manimal was not 1984 manimal was uh manimal was 1983 was it okay then he probably shot jaws first so no matter what he wasn't manimal yet when he got killed by jaws when he got killed by jaws uh Jaws 3D was Jaws 3D was also 80 83 yeah yeah 
So he because mm-hmm. he probably shot that one first because that would have a longer post production time than than Manimal oh, series. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean that that's one where it just seemed like they stopped trying after the first one because like 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 we both said the second one's fun but it really is a retread of the first film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it 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 is, it is, and uh, yeah, you know, there, uh, it did it well. I Come on, take a bite out of this, uh, you son of a bitch! Yeah, yeah, like I, I, it, I thought it was a fun movie. I liked, you know, the shark coming in at the end with half of his face freaking scarred up, and, and you know, really kind of campy stuff like that. I, I thought Jaws two was 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 fine. It, it's so not as good as the first one, but it's okay. What I want to say is, when these franchises, what. I think it's more rare when they don't peter out or when they don't start getting ridiculous. Can you think of any examples where a franchise that has more than three movies in it did not start getting ridiculous after the third movie? Um, Man, the only ones that I could think of that were consistent are ones that weren't any good to begin with. Um, well, well, consistent low quality, I guess, is still consistency, though, right? Yeah, 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 that's true. Let's see, examples I can think of are, are, are like trilogies, like the Evil Dead trilogy. Right. Um, well, oh, oh, there's another one I just looked at my video shelf and remembered, the Godzilla series. Okay. Talk about going downhill in the 70s when it became kid-friendly and Godzilla's yeah. dancing and he's the protector of the Earth. Yeah. What the hell happened? Who made the decision that Godzilla's the good guy? Wasn't he the villain in the first three or four movies? The Jaws series, you could be, you could also say, like, well, at least he came. They they came back, and there were some good ones after that. So at least that that series certainly had a comeback in a way, uh, with a with a few with a few good entries. I like Godzilla nineteen eighty five. I liked uh, Godzilla Final Wars. I, I liked uh, that. Biolanti was pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, but man, yeah, off off the top off the top of my head, I don't think of anything else. Maybe. Now, this is going to be debatable here, but the Star Trek movies, I mean, obviously five is really bad. Of the, of the first six. six, yeah, of the first six movies, they have one yeah. dud. That's a yeah. pretty consistent record there. Yeah, um, and you know, like, if we're taking remakes and stuff out of it, even in Friday the 13th, you know, when Jason went into space, that was still entertaining. That movie was way better than it had any right to be. That movie should not have been as good as it was. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Like, that was still really entertaining. It it was incredibly aware of itself. It knew exactly what it was. It knew it was Jason in space. Except it 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 was was aware of itself in a way that wasn't that nudge-nudge, wink-wink kind of aware of itself. Exactly, exactly, exactly it was. Like, it it didn't do that. It didn't just flat out kind of really wink wink nudge nudge like you said but it was it knew with the kind it knew its place it knew the kind of movie it was so it was it was entertaining you know but but the rest of the friday the 13th yeah there were like maybe a couple here and there but it wasn't like oh man these beginning ones are great and all the later ones are terrible like i can't say i'm a huge fan of jason takes manhattan but i i like jason goes to hell um, I like the ideas in that one. I thought it was horribly executed, but there were good ideas in Jason Goes to Hell. I didn't think it was that horribly executed. I thought it was, I, 
the idea is certainly better, better than the execution, but the way it was executed, I liked. I, I did. I, I thought it was, I liked the, the hero of the movie. I liked him a lot. I loved Creighton Duke. I liked the idea of, you know, Jason kind of bouncing back and essentially doing the hidden. Um, well, and speaking of Friday the 13th, that's one that also just progressively kept getting more ridiculous. Like, hey, why don't we make a, his his villain be a psychic girl? It's like, really? Oh. Now you're going to bring psychics into what up to this point the most fantastical no, no, is a zombie? They bring back Car- it was It was Jason versus Carrie. More or less. But uh, but that was pretty fun. But I'm just saying it is ridiculous. And well, you wouldn't think Well, of course it's a Friday the 13th movie. Of course it's ridiculous. But that was ridi- like okay, sure. You could do something ridiculous with it and it would be really bad in in a series that's you know already kind of ridiculous. But that was a level of ridiculous right there that that didn't bother me. That was that was still pretty fun. So, to wrap it up, we I want to hear from you guys. What franchises didn't get ridiculous? Or are you going to take us to task over the ones we said did, and you're going to go, no, those were amazing. <laughs> 1201beyond at gmail.com. And you can go to my website, 1201beyond.com. You can go to Brad's website at? Uh, Thecinemasnob.com. And hopefully next week it'll be the three of us if both you guys can actually show up for a week. <laughs> I should be able to. I don't think I'm doing anything. I'm not going to be out. Of, I'm not going to be out of town. So, and we, we, honestly, we don't know where Ryan is. Brad texted him before the show, and we don't know where he went. Uh, he's yeah. Uh, he's he's probably playing like I don't know ET Atari or something. I can see him doing that. All right. <laughs> Have a good night, guys.
Burn, burn. 